Welcome to another episode of Connecting the Dots. It seems like a lot of people like this particular segment of the uh, of the podcast, so I'm going to keep doing it. So in today's episode of Connecting the Dots, we're going to be talking about the Mandela Effect along with CERN and how that may in fact relate to uh, quantum theory. Sorry, just going through my notes here. So, first off, let me start by saying that the concept of the Mandela effect is very simple. So, and how this relates to CERN and quantum theory, I will uh, bring it back to that very shortly. So, the concept of the Mandela effect is very simple to understand. Over time, a few minor details surrounding significant events and therefore our actual perception of those events might somehow change and may continue to improve in the years ahead. So, in other words, the tried and true space-time continuum that appears to be the backbone of our collective three-dimensional physical reality might actually have a ripple in it. It also may have produced a sister parallel universe which has birthed different scenarios, event, uh, events, identities, constructs, and relationships, hence the visions that people see. Now, it might also be true that our brains are slowly evaporating and we can no longer handle every detail that flashes across our eyes, which may be the case with a lot of people. But as we forget events out of fear consciously or subconsciously, we attempt to reassemble them in our perfect minds. Now, let me just simplify and break this down very easily for you. The Mandela effect is essentially an effect in which was named after Nelson Mandela because that's been the most popular phenomenon where thousands of people, not just a a small group, but hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people, recall things occurring very differently, major events occurring very differently. There's some people that recall 9-11 never happening. They remember where they were that day. They didn't remember. They, they remember everything was normal. Some people remember walking by the, the Twin Towers on the day that it was supposed to be hit, and it never actually hit. Now, that's not to say that 9-11 didn't happen. Absolutely not. But what the proposal here is, is that there may in fact be a parallel or sister universe in which 9-11 didn't happen, or Nelson Mandela died in a different way, or things such as this. It it would essentially apply to everything, really. So, and how that connects with CERN, I'll get to in a little bit, but the whole concept behind that is that CERN may in fact be causing this, or may have, if they're not causing it, they figured out a way in which we can essentially jump and alternate between different dimensions and what have you, but I'll get to that. So given that we're, you know, assumingly all of the same species, each of our brains might in fact make mistakes that are akin to the next, especially when it comes to certain types of events and how we remember certain sets of details. Now, it's important to consider that our brains are continually comparing, analyzing, and constructing ideas and memories to justify their notions of reality, often from poorly assembled concepts and out of thin air. Given that, it might be fair to say that all brains build memories and memory bridges, if you want to call them, with similar strategies and outcomes. And so, 
All this to say that because of our shared DNA, our brains will construct similar data sets and similar conclusions. And so maybe the question we have yet to ask is how large groups of people moved backwards or forwards in time, witnessed potential trajectories, returned to their primary space-time paths, let's call it, and then somehow integrated all collective or all collected information into new perspectives, refreshed with new sets of details, right? Again, this goes back to the whole, the whole concept of time and space, which is something far more complicated than I can personally understand or comprehend to a T, but as long as I grasp the concept that our brains and our minds, because through the proposal of quantum theory and assuming that quantum theory is correct, it signifies the end of physics as a science, so to speak, and that's a quote from Einstein, but the concept is that assuming quantum theory is correct, there is no constraint to time in which we as beings give it. Time is one and time is all and we are in all and we are part of time, so to speak. So to say that some people may remember events happening in a different way or not even happening at all, assuming this is not a neurological disorder, may in fact be something to consider. Now, I, I personally, after all the research I've done, done on it, I can't say whether or not this is, this may in fact be something legitimate or not. I can't say personally. But it's something to seriously consider given the subjects that CERN has been studying, which is surrounding this, given the experiments they've done, and and given the, the proposal of quantum theory, ultimately. So, whether you believe the Mandela effect and other things like that to be fact or fiction, the growing number of shared perspectives across a variety of ideas and events, and inclusive of a broad spectrum of socioeconomic backgrounds, is extremely compelling. So let me just give you some more examples of other than the 9-11 and the Mandela effect. So for example, certain people remember the death of Billy Graham. Billy Graham dying in 2018 compared to him dying many years ago when President Clinton gave a eulogy. Um, Mother Teresa canonized post-mortems compared uh, to in the 1990s. People remember, you know, small things like C-3PO with a silver leg instead of a gold leg. Uh, Curious George without a tail versus with a tail. Uh, Patrick Swayze dying of pancreatic cancer compared to him fully recovering. Um, the Monopoly Man with monocle versus without a monocle, right? So, again, as Einstein said, if quantum theory is correct, it signifies the end of physics as a science. So, the purpose of quantum computing-based compassionate artificial intelligence is to develop integrated systems that can preserve and enhance human values of peace, love, happiness, and freedom. Now, to consider some of the thoughts from the scientific community, we first must know the definition of space-time. So, space-time consists of mathematical models that merge the three dimensions of space with the one dimension of time, which we've all come to agree upon because we're living in it, right? resulting in a single four-dimensional continuum. So in other words, given our agreements on how time moves and how we all move through three-dimensional space, we are all living within an agreed-upon four-dimensional reality. And so 
time travel might provide us with the ability to experience a variety of our unique potential life trajectories, right? So when you think of time travel, and I, I know this might get a little bit confusing, but please bear with me here. I'm trying my best to, to break this down. We're already traveling through time right now, except we're only moving forwards, which is why I have a little bit of a bone to pick with, with the whole concept of time travel. But this means that time travel relative to other people also exists, which includes walking together, for example. If the whole universe was spinning, which it's not, time loops would then emerge, which would give us the ability to choose from a variety of time loops to experience some of our other potential life trajectories, right? And this is where the Mandela effect comes in. So the Mandela effect is essentially putting itself, uh, putting a different tra trajectory of a life path into people's minds. And a large amount of people seem to remember things very differently than the way in which things actually, actually occurred, right? There, hence the, uh, the examples I just gave. Now, since wormholes are actual bridges through space-time, we could use them to travel into the past or the future. The challenge here is that we don't know how to build wormholes. Furthermore, we would need negative energies or exotic matter to do this, which we don't fully understand and have not yet created. With that being said, hold that thought on the wormhole thing topic because it's been said that CERN has been creating extremely microscopic wormholes and CERN has also been publicly out there saying that it's completely safe and yada yada yada, right? Whether or not it's safe, I... I I don't know. I'm not at uh, liberty to say. Now, this doesn't mean that extraterrestrials or beings from other dimensions are not already building wormholes which could be affecting our current perspective of reality and giving birth to additional space-time loops and potentialities. But what this could mean is that, in fact, there is no set-in-stone destiny, if you want to call it. There's no way in which, and I'm not saying that literally, I'm saying it figuratively, there would be no way in which a particular trajectory of everyone's life would be straight, so to speak, or linear. It would constantly be spinning and, and uh, not spinning, but rather being readjusted because of certain events that were not initially calculated within that of the initial life trajectory, if you will. Now, first, or sorry, next what we need to understand is D-waves. So D-waves is a category of quantum machine created by D-wave systems in Canada. And the company seeks to exploit the potential quantum effects inherent in their processing system. So currently, D-wave machines can only handle specific tasks. Now, while they're still a long way from exponential speed dominance over classical computers, a recent paper suggests that D-Wave's 2000Q computer can return solutions 2600 times faster than known algorithms. So, in the pursuit of this tech, scientific-minded Mandela Effect fans, if you want to call them, suggest that the intensity of the computational force from D-Wave computers could have a profound effect on particles, life trajectories, and even throughout the rest of the universe. I mean, because why would it stop at just the boundaries of Earth when you really think about it? So in turn, D-Wave machines might easily create a sort of Mandela effect, if you want to call it. Now, the CERN conspiracy theories, which again, I promised I'd tie all this back to, is that 
some people believe that CERN is at the helm of universal particle manipulation. And again, this may in fact be the Mandela effect or the, the, the CERN quantum effect or, or whatever you'd like to call it. So established in 1954 and based in Switzerland, CERN is the European Organization for Nuclear Research. It has 22 member states and countries and has made hundreds of unique scientific discoveries, including the God Particle, otherwise known as Higgs boson. CERN, believe it or not, also invented the World Wide Web. Not necessarily in partnership with Al Gore, but they did invent the uh, the World Wide Web back in the, the 90s, I believe, as a means to ex create a network in which they could exchange information with their fellow partners and compatriots throughout the world in a more effective way. So because of the nature of CERN's experiments, some people actually believe that space-time is being knowingly or unknowingly manipulated, thereby producing parallel universes, or maybe not producing, but altering the, the trajectory. Now, this may not exactly be a good thing, but it may not be a bad thing either. So while CERN scientists do indeed have good intentions, it's been speculated that CERN's work is very similar to sort of like GMO seed manipulation in the sense that it's taking risks with the foundational elements of our universes, which are the atomic and subatomic particles without fully understanding the potential risks, right? Now, one of the more intriguing theories that attempt to sort of explain this phenomenon points a direct finger at the Large Hadron or Hadron Collider in Switzerland, that is CERN's, right? So, lots of CERN's experiments are intended to find elusive particles that could potentially show the, the evidence of a multiverse and, again, create tiny black holes or wormholes or discover dark matter or what dark matter really is. Now, while all of this sounds very exciting, it also sounds potentially dangerous, right? I mean, what could... I mean, I'm saying this sarcastically, but what could go wrong if we opened up a black hole in Europe, for example, or if we tapped into another dimension with unknown consequences? I really think that it's one of two things. Either CERN knows what they're doing and they're not, and they're only giving a, just a, a small grain of what's really going on to the public, or they honestly, they're just very smart people that are experimenting, that don't know what they're doing, that could be messing with massive amounts of potential and risky particles and subatomic particles that are unknowingly affecting us in this universe and other universes as well. Again, it's, it's got to be one of the two. Either they know what they're doing or they have no fucking idea. It's one of the two. So, the scientists at CERN assure us that their experiments are conducted on such a controlled small scale as to have little, if any, negative consequences. And so some believe that their meddling in quantum fields has led to some extremely strange effects resulting in some kind of interdimensional entanglement, if you want to call it. And my whole thing is this. At the end of the day, it is something to be concerned about, but I don't put much thought into it because that ultimately, I'm not the one controlling CERN. So, 
at the end of the day, I'm not saying it's something that shouldn't be cared about, but if something's going to happen, it's going to happen. And I mean that sometimes in a lot of cases, that's a, a very poor outlook to have. But if you are not in a position where you can control or curate an institution like CERN or an organization like CERN, then there's only so much speculation that could be done until the truth really does come out, ultimately. Right? So, one of the, the, the quantum particles that CERN has been searching for is the, uh, is the graviton. And so, these elusive particles correspond with how gravity would react between different dimensions. And they're still only hypothetical, but the way CERN describes them is very intriguing, which is that if gravitons do exist should be possible to create them, but they would rapidly disappear into extra dimensions. Now, collisions in particle accelerators always create balanced events, just like fireworks, with particles flying out in all directions. And a graviton might escape our detectors, leaving an empty zone that we notice as an imbalance in energy and in momentum. And so, we would need to carefully study the the properties of the missing object to work out whether it is a graviton escaping to another dimension or something else. And so that is, uh, that is how CERN essentially describes them. Now, through multiple different experiments conducted, which I've done a previous episode on, it's been proven that certain particles have disappeared in experiments where they've just vanished, where in theory there was no expectation of them supposed to be doing that, which means that they could very well have vanished someplace else in this universe, or they could have very well vanished into that of another dimension of sorts. And to rule out the idea that there are alternate dimensions, I think would be very... I don't want to say the word foolish, but I think it would be a little bit naive to think so because of the fact that it's it, it, when you look at paranormal activity and, and things of the sort, you can kind of see of an, an entanglement or an intertwinement of sorts in which there are different levels of energy, if you want to call it, in which this dimension is interacting with another one and vice versa and so on and so forth. So ultimately, I mean, even if you, for example, even if you take a look at CERN's website, they discuss microscopic black holes and they say that another way of revealing extra dimensions would be through the production of microscopic black holes. And what exactly they would detect would depend on the number of extra dimensions, the mass of the black hole, the size of the dimensions, and the energy at which the black hole occurs. And so if micro black holes do appear in the collisions created by the equipment they have at CERN, they would disintegrate rapidly in around 10 to the 27th of a second they would decay into standard model or supersymmetric particles, which would then create events containing an exceptional number of tracks in their detectors, which they would spot easily, which would be able to, essentially they're justifying their way of, of stopping a microscopic black hole, so to speak. Now look, I can jump into, before in this episode, I can jump into the aspect of CERN being a very for negative and a very strong force of evil in this world. I could also look at it in a very different way, but I, I do think there's lots that CERN is hiding from us that we're not aware of. 
And I don't think that of every single institutional organization, but I think that ultimately, whether these are CERN has knowledge of advanced, major advanced innovations or not, whether it's something completely jaw-dropping or whether it's just something that they don't want to disclose to the public for the sake of, of privacy or, or certain political agendas or what have you, I think ultimately there are things that they're doing that they haven't been completely transparent about. And whether or not everyone at CERN knows about it, who knows? This It could be a very filtered-down pyramid-like scheme that the, the, the U.S. Navy has and the, the, the CIA has and things like that. But at the end of the day, I it, it comes down to what someone wants to take out of CERN, what they think about it. I don't think they're necessarily a force for evil, but I wouldn't exactly say they'd be a force for good either. I think it comes down to just blatant, non-biased experimentation and as to whether or not they have discovered things that we are aware of or not, or sorry, that we aren't aware of, I'd put my money on that because of how much money and resources have been invested in CERN and they've only revealed what seems to be a little, like little droplets of what's really been going on there. Again, it's definitely something to to keep our eyes peeled on, is what is what I would say. So let me know what you guys think, and uh, if there's anything I missed out on completely, please do let me know. But uh, aside from that, uh, we'll catch you next time. Thank you.